thank you all for making those packages. That was so much, and you all did so great. Thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all. Haley and I uh, had the opportunity to meet with the director of UT Wesley a few weeks ago, and she said these packages would really mean the world to her students. So I know that they are gonna go on to bless a lot of people. Thank you, Miss Meredith, for children's time. I kinda like it when there's just one kid because then it's clearly for all of us too. So thank you for that. Will you all join me in prayer? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing to you. You are truly our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Okay, we are going to start off this morning with some trivia. Here's your question. What do LeBron James, Tom Brady, Naomi Osaka, Justin Verlander, and Patrick Mahomes all have in common? Okay, yes, they're all athletes, and I would say they're pretty much all athletes who dominate their sports. They're also, they got that money right. They are very rich. Okay, anything else? I don't know what you're saying, but I bet it's wrong. Okay, here is what they all have in common today. They are all invested in the fast-growing sport of pickleball. Yeah, that's right, pickleball. It is not that they love playing the sport, although maybe they do, I don't know them. Instead, each of these super athletes are putting their money in different feuding pickleball organizations. Not unlike the PGA versus live in golf world, if you're with me, if you're not into golf. So imagine this, imagine if there was a rival league to the MLB or the NBA, or the NHL, or NFL, or WNBA, whatever. Any type of rival, that's what's happening in the pickleball world. Everyone is trying to get in on the ground level of these new competitive pickleball organizations. It is a booming business. There are already over 300 pickleball paddle manufacturers. 300 companies who just make pickleball paddles. I mean... Everybody wants to be in on this craze. And not only do they want to be in on it, they want to make a lot of money in the process too. Last week, uh, Haley began our two-week sermon series on serving. She, of course, did a brilliant job of tying our theme of serving to our imagery of pickleball because she is impressive like that, and it is quite a stretch to do this. Uh, Reverend Reagan Gilliland came up with this series, and she really thought pickleball had a lot to do with serving, so we are rolling with it this morning. And Haley demonstrated that it doesn't matter if we do not have a history of serving, it's never too late to pick up the paddle and serve. That was a cheesy metaphor by me, not her. Okay, before we get carried away with pickleball, let's look at our scripture reading this morning. We are going to be in the Gospel of Matthew. Let's look at chapter 20, verses 20 through 28. Hear these words. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus along with her sons. Bowing before Jesus, she asked a favor of him. What do you want, he asked. She responded, say that these two sons of mine will sit, one on your right hand and one on your left in your kingdom. Jesus replied, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink from the cup that I'm about to drink from? The brothers said to Jesus, we can. 
Jesus said to them, you will drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left hand is not mine to give. It belongs to those for whom my father prepared it. Now, when the other 10 disciples heard about this interaction, they became angry with the two brothers. But Jesus called them over and said, you know that those who rule the Gentiles show off their authority over them and their high-ranking officials order them around. But that is not the way it will be with you. Whoever wants to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you will be your slave, just as the human one didn't come to be served, but rather to serve and to give his life to liberate many people. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let the church say, thanks be to God. I almost wish that we didn't have the entirety of that passage. I, as a mom, I'm not really into shaming that mom for what she does there. We don't know her story. We don't know the motivations behind her asking for her sons to be seated at Jesus' left and right side. And we don't really know the son's reasons either. We don't know why they just stand by, why their mom makes such a request. And I don't really even want us to focus on the disciples getting upset at the two brothers because Jesus says that they will drink from his cup. For me, the most important part of this exchange, the piece that has meat and has a lot for all of us to learn, is that last portion. Jesus says that while the Gentiles throw around their power and their authority, it will not be that way for followers of Christ. Instead, if you want to be great, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to truly love God, then you must serve. A few years ago, I learned about a man by the name of Jose Pepe Mujica, that's him in the driver's seat. Pepe lives in a tiny single-story house in Uruguay. He was a guerrilla fighter in the 70s. While he was fighting, he was shot. And then he spent over 13 years of his life in prison, many of which were in solitary confinement. In 2010, Pepe was well-known for riding a 60-year-old bicycle and for driving this run-down Volkswagen Beetle. I don't think anybody would call this a classic. It looks like it could fall apart at any moment. Oh yeah, and this guy, Pepe, he was best known in the year 2010 for becoming president of Uruguay. While he served his five-year presidential term, Pepe gave away 90% of his salary because, and I quote, he had no need for it. The president of a nation drives a car like this. He gave his salary away. He lived like the majority of his country. He is now remembered in history books as the world's poorest president. From the interviews and stories that I've read about Pepe, he wasn't a particularly warm or kind man. He didn't give off sweet grandfather vibes, even though you can kind of see that. Instead, he was kind of blunt, and he didn't have much charm. But Pepe sets an interesting example of what it can look like in today's society to have power and still live and act humbly in the world. 
The salary he gave away went to the poorest of his country. He didn't just talk about serving others or talk about passing legislation to help those who were suffering. He actually lived it out in his everyday life with the personal decisions he made every day. Even though Uruguay is a small country, Pepe shows what it means to live with regard of others. He isn't especially known for his politics or his personality. Instead, he's known for serving his country and not allowing power to dictate his actions. Now, Pepe would probably be the first to tell all of us that he didn't do anything extravagant. He would probably scoff at being compared to other generous people in the world. But stories like his have staying power because they're actually more unique than we think. They're unique, and yet they're the kind of stories we all probably grew up listening to if we went to church. Throughout the Bible, we hear of people who give and give and give of themselves in service for others. Jesus' story that we read in Matthew with his disciples reminds us all just how important it is to serve. It doesn't matter the motivation behind the disciples or their moms wanting them to be the best or to have the highest honors next to Jesus because we too have these motivations in our own lives. We, too, have moments where we want all of the glory because we did a radical act of kindness. Or we want some credit in those moments where maybe we serve or we came up with this idea and we look around to see who noticed that it was us who made it happen. We're not here to judge those motivations. I do believe that for many of us, they're not necessarily intentional, nor do we mean for them to negate the act of service. They're motivations that we can all change. Jesus challenges the disciples, and Jesus challenges each of us to push back on what we have been told to do, to push back on how we see authority and power wielded in the world to push back on why we desire credit for acts of humility, for why we look for status when we put others first. Jesus encourages the disciples, Jesus encourages us to simply serve, to forget what society tells us and to embrace being last, to embrace being the servant instead of the one being served, to not use our power and authority in the ways the world uses them, but instead to use them in a way that brings about lasting change, that puts others in front of ourselves over and over and over again. While pickleball may be in the news these days because of all of these celebrity investors and these competitive sports gear companies going head to head, let's not forget the true reason this sport rose to popularity in the first place. People play pickleball because it's easy to learn and because it is a fun social game. At the heart of pickleball isn't the competition, it isn't the monetization of a fast-growing sport. It's the way it brings people together. The sport has spread to hospitals, to schools, to mental health facilities, to retirement centers. If a sport was a person, pickleball would be really great at serving others and bringing together communities. 
the competing organizations, the celebrity endorsements, those are all society using power and wealth and authority to take over. And if the temptation of power can stretch to things like the good-hearted game of pickleball, it's no wonder that temptation faces each of us too. We begin combating these temptations and resisting the lure of power by putting others before ourselves, by not always looking for how to get a leg up or how to beat our competitor, but instead finding ways to level the playing field, finding joy in what we're doing, finding ways to give access to all people. We may not all become president of a nation, we probably will not. Although if you become president, hit me up. That sounds super cool. We also may not all have the opportunity to use extreme levels of power in a way that makes huge crashing waves in the economy. But we all are capable of creating ripples. When we serve, when we are humble, we impact the world. Jesus came and lived like one of us here on earth. He gave up his life, his power, his authority, so that all of us could continue to spread his love to the ends of the earth. When we serve one another, we are being the body of Christ in the world. We are choosing to say that all people matter, that all people deserve to be served, and that all people are loved by our creator. May we continue to find ways to serve and to connect with our communities, even in the face of power and authority. Amen.